the Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, as always, AJ Epigarth. What's going on, man? Uh, not too much. Not too much. Ready to. Uh... Your, uh, your Scott Fishbowl Nine shirt. Just, I don't know which one was better or worse for you, Fishbowl Nine or Fishbowl Ten. <laughs> You've had a rough go of it, man. <laughs> uh. I, at this point, I would say 10 is worse than 9. I have yet to win in 10. Um, I think I had maybe 1 or 2 in 9. So At least it wasn't your fault in 9. Like your quarterbacks decided to bite the dust. 1 before the season started. 2 first week. <laughs> so Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty crap luck there for you uh, last year. Then this year, just... Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not working out for you. So... Hi, man. So, <clears throat> got a good show tonight. But uh, before we get going, want to remind everybody to subscribe, follow us wherever you listen or watch YouTube, Periscope, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, you name it. Go ahead and, and do that. We, sub- we appreciate the support. Right now, we've got Falcons and Panthers. And of course, as soon as I look over, it's a commercial break. I want to say it's 14 to 6 Panthers. Uh, Curtis Samuel has scored twice. Uh, Matt Ryan has thrown the ball a lot to Julio, yet they have not scored. They've gotten two field goals. So, bye week teams this week Washington football team, Arizona Cardinals, Jacksonville Jaguars, and Houston Texans. Uh, all right, we're going to bring on our guest first before we do Beer of the Week, and it is Chris Allen, uh, contributor for 4 for 4, number fire, DLF football, uh, or DL football. I don't, yeah, I guess that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I read that wrong. Uh, Chris is a uh, second time on the show, man. Welcome back. Glad to have you, gentlemen. I mean, I feel like uh, what I feel like it's been forever since we've gotten a chance to sit down. It feels like, and uh, it feels like it just because I mean we're what eight weeks into the season, and I mean it feels like forever to me. To be quite honest, I can't remember yep. half the stuff that happened in week one. To be quite honest. So anything that any discussions we had during the off season, just forget about it. But I'm happy to be talking with y'all tonight. And uh, I mean, we got some football on right now, but I mean, let's let's get into whatever we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, tonight we're going to be getting into some ADP review and and talk about a little about the Cowboys uh, self-destructing in front of us. Uh, And then first, though, our advice. Oh, well, shit. Sorry about that. Let's do our beer of the week. Totally, totally messed that up. We haven't had a yeah. guest in. We haven't had a, a guest to do beer of the weekend. Right. Mm, beer. All right. So, Chris, you are the guest. Uh, you can go first, man. What you drinking tonight? Uh, so tonight I've got a little uh, concoction of my own. Like we talked quite a bit about the fact that I'm a I'm a home brewer. So um, actually, for because it's the season, and uh, normally I'd like to brew. Uh, ales, uh, hazies, IPAs, you know, things along that, that line. Uh, but since it's, you know, getting into the, you know, back end of the year, um, I have actually a peanut butter, uh, 
chocolate peanut butter porter that I need to keg up uh, within the next couple of days. And then tonight I'm drinking a uh, in a, a pumpkin ale. And uh, for this uh, for this brew, so it's typically it's just uh, the base is like a typical like ale, so with a little bit of malty maltiness flavor and whatnot. But I actually take legit uh, like pumpkin meat. Uh, put that in the oven with some brown sugar on top of that, and then that's what actually goes into the boil. So you get like legitimate pumpkin flavor. Um, I add in a little bit of uh, cinnamon, <laughs> nutmeg, allspice, uh, with a little bit of vanilla flavoring, like on the back end. So it really does have that. Uh, you know, it, it looks like uh, you know a general you know, <clears throat> ale that you would that you would pick up, brown ale, something along those lines. But it has the uh, nose aroma and flavor of uh, like a pumpkin pie. Nice. Wow. Sounds man, delicious. Uh, that is send some out yeah. to Maryland. We'll uh we'll let you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, I just I kegged this up and force carved on and so let's say today's Thursday. I think I did it on either Sunday or Monday. And so I just let it kind of condition for about a day or so. And I mean head retention isn't exactly where I'd want it at because you can see it's like, you know, not really I mean, it's not as great as I had hoped it would be, but I assume that's because of all the oils and stuff from uh, putting the pumpkin and like all the extra uh, additives and stuff to it, but regardless, I mean, yeah, it's good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, dude, that's uh, that's a, that's a lot of work that I would not do. So, kudos <laughs> to you, man, for for doing all that. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I appreciate it. Hey, what like, you got, man? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm drinking uh, one I've I've seen in the beer store a couple of times and just uh, ended up not getting it until last night. I, I decided why not. It's a uh, Trogues Independent Brewing uh, Jovial. It's the Belgian-style double ale, uh, 7.5%er. Um, it's it's a 12.7 weird-shaped, thick brown bottle. So uh, it's good, though. Um, first time I've had it, and uh, I will definitely be enjoying it throughout the show. Cool, cool. Uh, so I am drinking an Aslan uh, Beer Company dm it to my inbox is a triple dry hop double ipa um 8.4 percent it's it's definitely heavy um this one's probably going to be a slow sipper the whole night um it's it's not a triple ipa so it's not you know it's not as like strong as as some of the ipas that i've drank before but it's definitely mm. on the heavier side so it, it's a long it's a long one to drink so hopefully this I one lasts me were you drinking something from that brewery the last time I was on? That's very I possible. Like I, I yeah. do like their stuff, so uh, okay. <laughs> I get I, I get a lot of the repeats. Okay. <clears throat> now I try to change up the actual beer, but I yeah. I definitely uh, go with a lot of the same breweries because I find gotcha. what I like and I just stick with it. So I'm actually trying to scroll oh, back to sense. find your show in the notes and see what I had written down because I, I I do keep keep everything uh i'm not gonna find i'm not gonna find it right now and jeff just gave me the worst news ever calvin ridley has a foot injury and i'm gonna cry that's that's not good well julio season off man (laughs) (laughs) all right let's get to our advice column this week I'm going to be talking a little bit about, you know, what, how to handle your team depending on your record. You know, like we, we get it. There's some teams that are seven and zero. There's some teams six and one. You know, some teams that are zero and seven. Um, mm-hmm. 
I'm gonna start with the bad the bad records first. I, I get it. it's it's hard to get motivated to go in and you know make roster moves and everything else when you're when you're. I hate to say you're out of it, but yeah, you're out of it. Um, <laughs> let's be let's be a real a little realistic here. You know whether it's because everybody's just busting on you or, or <clears throat> you had injuries, which we've had a lot of this year. You know it, whatever the reason you're probably not going to make the playoffs. If you do, you're going to limp in. It, it's, it, it is what it is. So let's just be honest about it. My thing w- with those teams is <clears throat> at least go in and set your roster. Set your starting lineup every week. You never know. Not that I say you're going to make the playoffs, but like you never know. You could literally make a difference for the playoff race. You could be playing on week 13, a team that's in seventh place trying to make that top six. And if they win, they're in. If they lose, they're out, right? If you could beat them, that matters. But if you don't try, then you just gave somebody a play. And then you just changed the, 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 whole, the whole league to where if this was week two and you were trying and you beat them, like that's totally not fair. And so I hate the teams that, <clears throat> that don't set lineups after a while. Um, I'm not in, I'm not, Thankfully, I'm not in any leagues like that. I used to be in leagues, and I used to have to kick out my friends. I like, just gave up after a while, and so I stopped playing in leagues like that because of it. Um, but that that's my kind of thing with you. And, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't – about, like, waiver wire. And, and Chris and AJ, like, go feel free to jump in with this. Like, about the waiver wire, like, if you're out of it, like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be like the most active person on the waiver wire. I'm not going to be like snaking players for teams that are going to be able to use them in the playoffs. But like, you know, free agents, especially people that are injured. I'm going to at least have a full roster of players to play every week. You know, I, I don't know. Chris, AJ, you guys have any thoughts on that with like the teams that are kind of out of it at this point? Yeah, you should always set your uh, set your roster. Um, and I think to at least, you know, be stay uh, competitive. I mean, if you don't want to go through the rigmarole of um, like making like waiver claims and all that, like every single week. OK, I can understand that. But for the most part, you should you should still be competitive throughout the uh, like for the rest of the season. Um, don't just completely roll over and uh, I guess change the landscape of your league by basically, you know, giving the next your next opponent a free win because that changes yeah, i mean that, that kind of brings the rest of the league down yeah yeah, yeah. so that's... i think you should at least continue to uh at least set a roster and all that uh and and at least you know just keep the rest of the league um i guess uh stable you know what i'm saying yeah. like before before you just com- com- i mean completely uh change how the playoff race like shapes up for the rest of them yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, you you didn't jump in a league to not play the year out. Um, I mean, unless you just have 80 leagues, and I'm close, but uh, but I'm still going to be setting. Yeah, I'm still going to be setting all my lineups regardless. And I mean, my teams are kind of mixed bag this year. Some uh, much better than others, but injuries again have hurt me in in a lot of teams, and I. I kind of put a lot of my eggs in the same baskets uh, between my leagues, so I would be able to root for the same people. Uh, but that hasn't really worked out for me all uh, all season. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I mean, you can't. I, the only uh, the only thing I'll add there, though, with the waiver wire, I mean, you can't really forget about it if you're in keeper. Um, but I, I I get the point that you made, Joe, about you know not wanting to to snake players from people that are actually yeah keeper, keepers in dynasty leagues are different. I, I'm not I'm not. Those are different yeah. beasts. I mean, like, redraft. Stay active I, I those. don't redraft, really care about I, it. I think you're kind of out of it out of that race for the most part, you know, until that's like, that's like a team not in the playoffs taking the number one waiver claim, like taking the best player, like for no reason like that, that annoys yeah. me. So, um, so let's, let's, let's focus on the upper echelon teams, right? Those seven and those six and ones, I'll even lump in the five and two. You're sitting pretty, you're feeling good about your teams. Now's the time to try to maneuver and make a trade. Maybe, you know, front load your team a little bit. You know, now's that time. You know, maybe you want to wait a week till the actual NFL trade deadline goes. That's fine. Um, but now's that time where, where you're, you, look, you want to, you want to make sure you actually do make the playoffs. You don't want to tank it. You know, you don't want all of a sudden like nosedive. But now's the time where you're looking to position yourself for the playoff run. That week 14, 15, 16, or hopefully you get a bye week, so just 15 and 16, right? You want to start positioning your team. So do whatever you got to do. Make a trade to, to, to get a, another big-name player. Um, <clears throat> Jeff. Uh, sorry, you too, God. Um, just pat yourself on the back. Um yeah, it, you know, get, get another big-name player. You know, maybe give up a couple depth pieces to a team who's – three and four, four and three, something like that, right? Um, if I'm one of those bottom feeder teams, I'm not trading at this point because you're just going to get had at this point. Like, you're going to give up a Julio Jones and get two, you know, middle-tier players and and literally is going to do nothing for your team but just help out that team. So I'm out of it with those teams and trading too. Like, you 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 basically just don't want to unbalance the league when you're when you're out of it is what I always say. Um, and, and you guys seem to kind of agree with that statement. So, mm-hmm. so with, yeah. with those, with those upper echelon teams, I feel like you're just, you're trying to set yourself up for the, for the most, uh, for the best success in the playoffs at this point. Um, now the middle tier teams, yeah, maybe you do need, um, a little bit more depth to help your, your lineup out. Maybe you can give up the better player in the trade. Sometimes giving up the better player in the trade isn't always the worst thing. Cause look at all. When all is said and done, most points wins. So if you're getting two, you know, good players back, giving up a great player, even if, you know, that great player plus your replacement player might not be better than the two you're getting back. So you've got to think about that. Like everybody just wants to win the trade and not give up the best player. I get it. And that's kind of always like people's MO, but sometimes it works out. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you need depth. Sometimes you're, you're just stuck. You're stuck at four because you have no second running back. If someone's willing to give you a good second running back in return for, you know, your loaded receiver, you can give up a really good receiver. It's it's going to help you in the long run. Um, Chris, I'll let you comment. Like, what do you think about those those thoughts there? Well, I, I think that's that's definitely the best way or less the uh, best way to approach um, trying to like stash like the good players like for for those runs and. Uh, Regardless of who it is, I do think right now, even here in um, like in week eight, uh, we should be kind of eyeing what those matchups, what those good matchups would be in weeks like 13, yes. 14, 15, like somewhere in there. 
So uh, a couple of things that like I've been doing, because um, like 444 has uh, like these hotspot tools where you can use uh, adjusted fantasy points allowed to uh, various positions and you can kind of scale it so that instead of just looking at, you know, like now, like weeks eight through 10 or whatever, like the, in the short term, you can start to look at those matchups. Like while we don't know a lot about what defensive matchups will look mm-hmm. like in uh, in about a month or so, I mean, we can at least use the information we have right now uh, to say that, like, the, let's see, what's a, what's a good example? Uh, maybe something like, uh, I think right off the top of my head, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, I think like Chicago. Chicago plays against uh, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville in weeks 14, 15, and 16. Now, if you bought in, or at least uh, you have, if you if you're under the impression that David Montgomery's workload is decent while he has been you know, really inefficient with his touches, at least the yes. game environment was set up such that David Montgomery would be a guy that you might be able to peel off of somebody's roster right now. And then if you want to use him for an RB2, if you're playing in a half-point PPR league, possibly a, f- a flex play, that would be a possible target for you. So something along those lines. The possible outcomes... Uh, for for a player that I mean, you're not going to have to trade a lot for, but you can at least see the workload positioning them to have a a decent fantasy, I guess, projection, uh, whether it be floor projection, ceiling projection, or whatever, uh, that at least could put you in a good position to take home the championship. So I think kind of gauging those matchups now will at least put you in the right mindset for the type of player that you would want to go after, or at least the teams that you would want to invest in like in the, during those weeks. And that's, I mean, that's just one example. I mean, uh, I think it was like, uh, who else? Like um, Miami. So I think in weeks like 13 and 14, they play against Cincinnati and Kansas City. So if you're on the Miles Gaskins train, I mean, that might be a guy that you uh, you want to take now. But obviously with as uh, successful as he's been on the ground, uh, he might be a little bit more expensive for you to acquire. But I mean, there's mm-hmm. just, there's ways, I mean, they're, they're different they're different situations that you can target, different teams that you can target, different players you can target. But I think utilizing that process will at least put you down the right path uh, towards finding the guys that you can possibly trade for, at least start negotiations. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to ask this because AJ does this sometimes, and he, he tries to mention it, and I, I'm, I'm 50-50 on it. I never really know which way to go. I want to ask you, what about a guy who's performing phenomenally right now right uh but his end of the year schedule is just straight brutal um do you trade him and get another piece or really two two really good pieces back because you don't want to face the Colts and you know the broncos or you know whoever defenses right like these like stout defenses you don't tampas you know you don't want to face these defenses Mm-hmm. Are you? Do you subscribe to that as well? Oh, I definitely do. I mean, but it, again, it's all uh, dependent, right, on who you're targeting or who you're going to get right. in return. And I, I think that's where I think that's where I would need to see like what are, what the what the trade parameters are. Of but course. I think generally. Um, if you're going to wind up selling, let's say if you were going to trade away Julio Jones, I'm just throwing it out there since we're, you know, we've got the Falcons game on right now. Right. If you're going to trade him away just because, you know, their their matchups like towards the end of the season, which actually don't look too terribly great because um, they're playing against <laughs> the, the Chargers in week 14, Tampa Bay in week 15, uh, Kansas City in week 16, which isn't too terribly hateful, but still. 
Yeah. I mean, if, if so, if you're concerned about it and uh, you want to try and you know make a move on them, but then who are you going to try and get in return? Yeah. I mean, you're not just going to try and find a team that's uh, like any of the guys that I was talking about earlier. You would probably still want to get a wide receiver one back like in yes. uh, like in your trade negotiations. So who would be a guy to target? I mean, could you try and get uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that a wide receiver one for one swap or same position swap is possible, but uh, a decent running back uh, that can maybe fit into into that category. Could you break him down for somebody like at least at this point in time, like a Clyde Edwards Hilaire that people are generally down on, uh, especially with the Le'Veon Bell signing and then possibly a wide receiver too? maybe. I don't know. But it's just thinking about what you're going to get, what you can realistically get in return, I think is where you really have to draw the line at uh, trading away some of your best players before you even think about like putting them on the block. Yeah, no, I agree. It's all about, you know, it's it's the return big time for sure. You can't, you know, you can't just get anybody back who has a good matchup. Um, but it's, <clears throat> you know, but if you're going to get somebody good in return who's also got good matchups in return, you know, for the, obviously, the, you know, you're, Probably giving away the better overall fantasy player, but like, yeah, bad matchups are bad matchups. So, yeah, I get it. So, all right, man, let's, um, excuse me here. Let's, um, let's jump into, uh, the, the next topic here. And, and, and I, and I wanted to do something fun here where, you know, we're kind of at that halfway point. Um, you know, we've, uh, and uh, so uh, we've we've had a lot of injuries, a, a lot of players kind of not live up to expectations. Um, I wanted to revisit this first couple rounds of ADP here, and uh, and just kind of rip through it, and then you know stop and highlight a few guys, and and ask both of you, you know, what your thoughts on them are going forward, and and things like that. So. A few of them we can't do anything about, you know. So, so first off, Christian McCaffrey, number one overall, obviously got hurt early. Nothing you can do there. It sucks, but it is what it is. Hopefully, he returns next week. Saquon, same thing, you know, in a bad offense and wasn't producing when he was in there. Unfortunately, nobody really can there. But then he got hurt, done for the year. What are you gonna do? Next guy, Ezekiel Elliott. Number three overall, um, currently still number three for his position, number 19 overall. But, man, the arrow is not looking good for him. I want to ask you guys, like, and, and we'll get into the rest of the Cowboys later because I wanted to kind of take a minute on this team and just kind of talk about him. But, Chris, give me your thoughts about Zeke, man. Like, what do owners do with him right now? Well, I think at this point, uh, I mean, if you wind up, trading him away i mean this is i'm talking about just in uh like redraft situations uh dynasty it's a completely different story i mean given his age he got the second contract so on and so forth but at least from a redraft standpoint uh i mean you're trading him away i mean at bottom dollar i mean you're more or less moving him essentially on his name value at this point because i mean the cowboys offense i mean they are nothing like what they were uh, in the in the past four in the past uh, in the first four weeks of the season, like before Dak went down, uh, before the end, I mean they were averaging something along the lines of I want to like like 450 to 500 yards per offense uh, per week. After that, with Andy Dalton, I mean they're well below 300. 
Uh, I mean, Zeke, like by himself, I mean, he was fine. I mean, because he was one of only two running backs in the league that held an 80 percent running back touch share in his offense, along with a 13 to 50 percent, 13 or 15, 15 percent target share. I mean, it was just him and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And like that was it. Uh, So, I mean, so his profile will always be that of a running back one because he's in a condensed offense, at least uh, when it comes to the running back touches. And he, at least for a time, he was a part of a uh, high volume passing offense. He still is. They're just not, they're just wildly inefficient at this point. So it's, it's hard for me to, I mean, to buy into the notion that, I mean, if you're, if you're going to trade him away, I mean, what, again, the, the same question I was asking earlier about trading away your good players. I mean, Zeke is still, like on his own, like a good player, like he's just right. producing like a good player. So it's like, what are you re- realistically going to get back in return? I mean, we just had a guy. To, we literally just had a guy in fantasy six. Uh, I don't know. It's another league, but he traded yeah. Zeke and got back. I think he said he got back David Johnson, and I was like, oh, oh. yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't why? Know. I I mean, what do you what do you what are you gaining there? Like, I feel yeah, like you're not I gaining just, it. You're yeah, giving I mean, up it, the like, upside of Zeke and getting maybe the maybe the safer floor at this point with David Johnson, but I, no, I'm not doing. I that. mean, if you were gonna if you were gonna tell me that um, if you were going to try and swing for the fences and get uh, just um, again, this is me off off the top of my head. Um, if you're gonna try and break down Ezekiel Elliott into mm, trying to think of a a running back that might have at least um, a decent amount of upside. Like if you wanted to trade Ezekiel Elliott for Austin Eckler plus a wide receiver too, if if that's, if that's what you're, if you want to take the gamble that Eckler comes back, he, uh, he resumes his, uh, his role. uh, He more or less uh, reduces Justin Jackson and Joshua Kelly down to maybe a this a 20-30% running back tuck share. He takes the majority of it once he comes back. And then on top of that, I mean you get a wide like a let's say a um, mid to high end like wide receiver too. Okay, I can buy that. Because at least then you're buying in on an idea or, or at least you're gambling on an idea that can at least could possibly work out. But yeah, we've already seen like that. what we we could we've already seen what David Johnson is and what he's capable of doing in that offense. Like what excites you? Like what would excite you about uh, starting David Johnson on a weekly basis? I mean, I I don't understand that. So I mean, yeah, for, I, for me, I, I mean that that yeah that that's where again it's more about the process of like what you're going to wind up getting back. And if you're if you want to take that gamble on a guy that's that's injured, like even if it was like a few weeks ago. And you wanted to trade away if you want to trade away Zeke like immediately after Dak went down and then you want to try and let's say get uh, Christian McCaffrey like the the guy that has Christian McCaffrey rostered. He's like sitting at, uh, you know, one in four or whatever, and he has no hope and you wanted to make a gamble for that. OK, I can buy that because, again, you're buying you're buying upside. But mm-hmm. for a guy like David Johnson, you're not buying upside. There's no. I mean, there's there's really no two touchdown upside like in David Johnson. I mean, there is yeah. two touchdown upside in Austin Eckler or any any of the other guys. Absolutely. So. I mean, DJ will have his game here and there, but nah, not worth yeah. it. So, AJ, any thoughts on Zeke here? No, I mean, you guys pretty much covered everything there. Um, I, I just think that 
teams are going to be too busy keying in on him right now, especially with them on their third string quarterback. Right. Um, you know, the, zero offensive line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's still plenty of talent, but I just don't, I don't see them going anywhere other than trying to to feed him the ball. Um, and you might think the matchup's pretty good this week since it's against the Eagles. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll be he'll be okay this week, but moving forward, I I, I don't really want anything to do with Zeke right now. Yeah, I hear you. So the next guy here, we're going to pause on him too, and it's Alvin Kamara. Um, fourth overall pick. He is fourth overall ranked and number one at his position. Chris, man, you, you were big on him coming into the season. I know you wanted to speak some words on him, so you had the floor. Yeah, and um, I think the real reason behind it was uh, a couple of things. Uh, just because based off of ADP, I mean, uh, like best balls like throughout the offseason, it was Christian McCaffrey. It was some order of Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, you can mix and match like most of those guys, but I mean, those were those were the three. And mm-hmm. then it was Kamara after that, um, maybe Henry, uh, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire started getting mixed in uh, shortly after the the Damian Williams news. But it was those three, and then Alvin Kamara in every single case. Yeah. And my 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 argument uh, like against that, even though I, I mean, at least for me, I had Zeke ahead of both of those guys uh, for for the most part just because i bought into dallas's offense but at least looking at um alvin kamara's uh workload like while it wasn't similar or it wasn't as high in terms of both his uh both of his his rushing share within the offense because he was still sharing with latavius murray um and also his uh his target share but it was fairly similar also in the in the red zone though I mean, Alvin Kamara and uh, let's see, Christian McCaffrey and Ezekiel, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, they both had uh, 21 and 19 touches, respectively, from within the 20 yard line. Alvin Kamara just had three less. He just had uh, 16, uh, 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 like within the within the red zone. I mean, similar workloads. Uh, also, when we're talking about um, rush share and target share, like combined. So it's like he had a similar profile to both of those. But it was because they were, I mean, the offenses were, I mean, Dallas's offense was being hyped up. Christian McCaffrey was the RB1 uh, coming out of 2019. It was difficult for a lot of drafters to justify taking Alvin Kamara over. I mean, despite, I mean, for throughout most of the season, I mean, after he came back in, I believe, when was that, like week seven or so? Uh, from his, uh, I think it was like an ankle injury or something along those lines. I mean, you could tell that, I mean, his broken tackle rate after he came back from injury was just almost completely night and day. So if we thought that this offense was still going to be at least uh, one of the, I guess, more efficient offenses in the league with Drew Brees coming back, Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. he was supposed to be a part of the offense, but he hasn't been <laughs> since week one. But regardless, I mean, we still thought that offense was going to be one that could sustain some fantasy success. I mean, if Alvin Kamara was going to be healthy and still a part of the passing game I, I thought that there was going to be a path like for him to at least uh, be in the rb1 conversation now injuries aside i mean that's typically not the way that you would want it to want his path to to be or be a part of his right. path but at least i mean rb1's like repeating uh repeating like uh going back to back like season after season i mean that hasn't happened happen. it, 
Yeah, and uh, I believe go, all the way going back to, I think it was like 2002, 2003. I think that was the last time right. RB1 like, repeated like consecutive seasons. It was like LT, so, right? I, th- I believe that's the case, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you go back to, I mean, Tiki Barber, Sean Alexander, like yeah. LaDainian Tomlinson, like going all the way back like 03, 04, 05, like, I mean, any of those guys. I mean, never repeated. So, I mean, yeah. even though Christian I, I McCaffrey, we thought it was argument, good, but like, it, yeah, I, I get that argument, and I, and I heard it a ton. I heard it all over the place. You weren't not taking Christian McCaffrey, number one. Like, the amount yeah. of work he got in that offense was just unquestioned. And, you know, Barkley was, like, second there. Zeke, the workload that was there. Kamara was fourth on, in my book only because you had Drew Brees – you know, supposed to be passing to Michael Thomas a ton, right? And then they added Sanders. Yeah, nobody was expecting huge things out of Sanders, but that was just another guy there. Um, and so, like, that's why Kamara fell to four. Um, but he's having a phenomenal season, so, so you know, great for him there. Uh, let's move here on um, number five here with Dalvin Cook. And, yeah, you know, he's been, he's been good. I mean, he's number seven at his position. He's missed a week. Um, so, you, you know, you're not happy with him missing the week, but uh, you know you're going to take him back. He's supposed to be coming back this week, so you're you're liking that that pick there. Uh, Derrick Henry six. He's number four overall. That's an interesting one. He's had he's been uh, <laughs> very touchdown dependent. The yards haven't yeah. quite been there except for that one obviously monster game. But I mean, if you're a Henry owner, I don't think you're too sad here. Uh, Michael Thomas, we're just gonna pass on this one. This is just a total yeah, 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 crap show, dude. Like <laughs> it's yeah, bad. It's not. But another good. receiver that we want to highlight here, Devontae Adams. Um, been good when he's on the field. Really good, obviously, except for one like goose egg, basically, and then you know he was injured for a couple weeks. So, Chris, what what's your thoughts on Devontae Adams? You know. Being right in the mix again. Oh, I mean, he was my uh, he was my wide receiver one coming into this season. Like I, like while I was fine with um, Michael Thomas, uh, at least from an ADP standpoint, um, I'd be fine fading Michael Thomas like for uh, a running back, or at least this was like somewhat hot takey. Uh, but I mean, if you wanted to draft like Travis Kelsey like ahead of Michael Thomas, I wasn't going to fault you for it. Um, I know volatility at tight end and so on and so forth. Uh, but at least to avoid Michael Thomas, just because of his, uh, I mean, his lack of downfield targets where Devonte Adams, he like, he's been, he's been utilized at all areas of the field, slot perimeter, uh, short, intermediate, deep targets. And I mean, just looking at his target share, I mean, 34% target share. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not expecting that to maintain throughout the rest of the season, but I mean, he's on, I mean, we'll he's on not, pace. <laughs> right. But I mean, like, I don't think there's really anybody in that offense to challenge him exactly. at this point. But I mean, I could, I think with the way that the Packers position themselves in the offseason without investing in this, I mean, the, the rookie draft class or the rookie wide receiver draft class and uh, kind of like pigeonholing themselves into. Like, well, these are the receivers that we're going to be using. I mean, you could see a path to Devontae Adams taking over, like Michael Thomas. I mean, just given, I mean, looking at those two franchises compared, I mean, the Saints went out and they grabbed pass catchers, I mean, this offseason. I mean, that that was their thing. I mean, they wanted to make sure that Drew Brees was surrounded. I mean, but the Packers didn't do the same thing. And with Adams 
I mean, coming out of 2019 with a, with again like a significantly high uh, like target share. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that that path. At least it always seemed like fairly clear that that was more likely than Michael Thomas, like regardless of injury, staying in front of Devontae Adams, even from a target share perspective. I mean, we could argue about the touchdown equity and and all that, and maybe from a fantasy perspective, he might have gotten ahead of him. But at least from a target share perspective, I mean, it's it again. I think Adams was always in play to come out ahead of Michael Thomas, regardless. Yeah, I I agree with you there on the on the target share thing. You know, between those two, uh, I basically just put MT in 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 front of Adams just because yeah the the because of the play of the quarterback and, and I didn't expect Breeze or I didn't expect Rogers to do what he's doing this year where he's just like unloading it this year and it's crazy, um, so. You know, now that that Rogers is just unleashed, it feels like Adams is. If I known that was going to happen, Adams would have clearly been my number one over MT. But um, so be it. All right, the next guy here, we're going to pause on this guy too. Is Clyde Edwards Elair or Haylair? I don't know how to say it anymore because every announcer says it differently. Uh, <laughs> uh, this guy, you know, after Damian Williams went down, his helium like just. Way straight up, like he was a he was an early pick. Always, people loved him, um, but the stock just rose out of control for me, and I wanted nothing to do with him. I thought personally, people were buying him at a ceiling cost, and I think Chris, you agree there. So I'm gonna let you speak to that. Yeah, and it's not it's this is not to take away from the player. I mean, I. Obviously, being drafted in the first round, I mean, 32nd or first, I mean, that's still that draft capital means something being drafted by the Kansas City Chiefs defending Mm -hmm. Super Bowl champions. And it looks like they're at least definitely on a path to I mean, I would say divisional round of the playoffs, if not AFC championship game is probably their floor in terms of expectations for this season. I mean, regardless, I mean, we're talking about an offense where uh, I mean, when he's healthy, Sammy Watkins is their third passing option, like in that offense. I mean, I'm line. I mean, Anthony Sherman, like you know, linemen are getting touchdown passes at the in the red zone from that offense. I mean, at any given time, uh, there are four or five different pass catchers that are viable to get a touchdown in the offense. It is not a condensed offense. So even if Clyde Edwards Hilaire was going to see all of the running back touches and which I mean through the first like four to five weeks he had that elite profile similar to Ezekiel Elliott he had an 80 to 85 percent running back touch share he had a 13 or 15 percent or more target share I mean he had Mm -hmm. those things that we would want out of a out of a an elite running back one prospect but again once they got into scoring position it could be Tyreek Hill, it could be Travis Kelsey, it could be Sammy Watkins, Demarcus Robinson, Anthony Sherman. I mean, the list goes on and on. So if his his touchdown equity was always going to be split, and that, I mean, we knew that coming, uh, we knew that all the way back in, you know, March, February, I mean, mean, all the way throughout the offseason, then pushing him up into the first round, regardless of the workload, it did not make sense to me. Because even with the workload, the thing that, needs to uh, needs to be a part of their outcomes is a high touchdown equity. I mean, that's what propelled Christian McCaffrey to RB1. 
It was the it was the workload. Yes. It, but also it was the touchdowns. The same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. The definitely the same thing for uh, for Derrick Henry. I mean, it was it, that those were a part of the things that made them the running backs, or I mean, the run, the running back ones that they were this past season. And we could not project that for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, we could project that that offense was going to be good. Nobody was questioning that. But how much of that goodness would CEH get? I, I just I never saw it. So trying to draft him at the 106, 107, uh, and something along those lines, it just seemed like a bit uh, a bit too risky. Uh, just given the nature of that offense, and then now with the Le'Veon Bell thing, I mean, yeah. all those expectations go right on out the window, man. I think people were just buying into this offense and just saying, I want the RB1, who seems to be the guy who's going to get all the workload. I mean, AJ, what do you think there? Yeah, I, I think the Bell uh, comment is is where I was going to go into it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's That's just, obviously changed I, everything. But yeah, but I mean, I, I, I don't think that it's going to cut into CEH's overall scheme and and usage um, for what he's been used for. I, I think from a running standpoint, Bell is clearly a, you know a veteran player. He's been there. He's done you know plenty of good things on the field for Pittsburgh uh, when he was with them. I still think the whole him sitting out for the full year kind of hurt him overall, but he goes to a team that's like we just said, Super Bowl contenders easily, um, you know, is the ceiling. And it, it's just one more weapon for them to have. And they already have so many as it is. So I think from, you know, CEH's standpoint, it, I wouldn't be too worried about it uh, unless Bell just comes in there and, you know, destroys it. But. Uh. He's got to be brought along They've a little bit said. slower. He's got to work, you know, into this playbook and, and learn all of Andy Reid's schemes and everything. So I'm not worried about it now. You know, towards the end of the season, fantasy uh, playoffs. This week. That's going <laughs> to be. Well, the, yeah, this week, I think CH <laughs> is just going to be a healthy scratch. Um, and they're just going to say, go for it, John, or Bell. Let's, let's see what you that can do. That would be hilarious, actually. Unleash uh, the bell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's going to be a dinner bell. I mean, that's just going to continuously ring uh, in yeah. Adam Gase's head for the rest of his life. How many times do you get life? like the shot of, of Le'Veon Bell just glaring at Adam Gase on the sideline? Yeah. And Over Gase under on It's going to be like, like this the whole time looking <laughs> at the, the like, fly what, that what? got what? stuck what? on Mike Pence's head. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's finish up here with the first round. So Joe Mixon. Not a terrible pick, you know. Number ten overall, he's 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 doing okay. Um, you know, he's injured now, but that that that's a tough blow. But he he was he was all right. Um, Julio Jones obviously had a couple games missed, uh, but he's back with a vengeance, uh, obviously, and and of course with Ridley out now, uh, ankle injury looks like he's questionable return. Uh, who knows what's going to happen here? Tyreek. This one actually kind of surprised me. Like Tyrese has been kind of like ho hum, like the whole season, uh, you know, twelfth overall in the on ADP, but seventh in his position. Like, yeah, not not living up to the third receiver take or fourth receiver taken, but 
I mean, that's not a bad return on your investment there, really. It kind of shocked me. Like, I'm kind of wondering, like, I own Tyreek Hill in one league. And I just feel like the points haven't quite been there, but I guess he's steady enough that he's making it happen. So, uh, yeah, Tyreek owners, you're, you're okay there. Yeah, yeah I, think so. I, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I actually don't own Tyreek in any leagues this year, but <laughs> I, I'm okay with that. I mean, again, we just talked about all the different weapons that they have, and and he's been he's been good. I mean, he's still the go-to. Uh, you know, him and him and Kelsey kind of one A one B. But so starting with the second round here, uh, we got Josh Jacobs. Uh, he's sitting at you know fourteen fifty seventh overall. I, I mean, overall, Jacobs. Pretty much had a big week one. Hasn't really done much since. Um, I mean, that that's kind of my thoughts on him. Do either of you guys have any input on him? Chris, I'll let you start. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think his uh, like his target share his uh, his target share has decreased on a weekly basis the past few weeks. Um, while his like I, I believe also his broken tackle rate has started to drop over the past like two to three weeks as well. Uh, but now, I mean, to be fair, I mean, so their last what? Who did they, who have they played over the last few weeks? Tampa, so they just played against uh, yeah. Tampa. Bye week. Tampa, Kansas, Kansas City, Buffalo, Rough, rough schedule. Yeah, so it's like we have to take that with, very with a well grain either, of salt. By the way. Yeah, so Indiana we we do Chargers, have to take some of that. Yeah, and so like I, I think for a lot of people in redraft leagues, like while I don't take too much like i don't take schedule too much into consideration but if you again objectively looking at some of the matchups that he had throughout the season i mean it was kind of easy to see that i mean he was going to have some rough sledding i mean if not from a matchups perspective but just from the simple fact that i mean we could not like easily project him for a significant uh target share within that offense so i get it i mean i still think he's doing well despite all that but if you were uh, if you were assuming that he was going to wind up, I guess, um, returning what like second round, second round value. I mean, it was kind of hard to see that from the jump. Yeah, uh, that's kind of how I feel on it, too. I mean, he's he wasn't somebody that I was really targeting a lot. I, it felt like he had a lot of hype coming in. Um, I just I just wasn't buying into it. And uh, I, I'm I'm OK with it. I mean, like you said, he's been been OK, but mm-hmm. not necessarily second round value. Um, speaking of Miles Sanders, I mean, he's been really good when he's been healthy, uh, and on the field, but he hasn't really been on the field enough. Uh, and, and the right. Eagles are somehow in first place. Um, I, I don't really get it, but I'm okay with it being an Eagles fan. Um, so thanks for the tie since he, uh, <laughs> it's gonna, that's going to be what gets us in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, so I, I I'm I'm okay with that. Um, Austin Eckler, another uh, another guy that that got bit with the injury bug. Um, Travis Kelsey at 16, clearly number one tight end overall right now. That's good. Uh, you know where you expected him to be. Uh, I think I think everybody is okay with with where they drafted him. Nick Chubb uh, was doing really well. You know even with Kareem Hunt there. And, and getting some carries and getting some uh, some more work in the passing game. Both of them have been startable and, and you know very serviceable pretty much every week. But now Chubb is injured. Um, 
coming in at 18 now. Kenyon Drake. Uh, he's 21st and um, 78 overall. What do we think about Drake here? Chris, go ahead and start. Uh, I mean, just wildly inefficient for uh, like for most of his starts. I mean, we only really saw him break loose like once they were well ahead uh, in their game a couple weeks back. Uh, seeding a number of, I guess, high value touches to Chase Edmonds uh, throughout like the two to three weeks uh, prior. So, honestly, uh, I mean, and this is probably, I mean, this is there's always like hindsight bias. It's a, it's kind of like you know, it's basically what we do. We try to figure out, okay, like what was it in the past that we could have seen this coming? But uh, I keep thinking back to that picture that surfaced. Uh, what was it like in the second or third week of August of of him being in a walking boot, and everyone was like, oh, you know, he's cool, he's going to be okay. And after he was. Uh, you know, starting in week one, nobody really, nobody else really thought much of it. But now, if we look at how he's been used and also his uh, rushing efficiency, like throughout the the first, you know, five or six weeks, I mean, maybe there was something to that. Uh, I mean, I just don't, I I didn't see the same level of of burst. I mean, this is more qualitative than quantitative at this point. But I didn't see the same level of burst even right. on the rushes where he would try and get to the edge. I mean, I just wasn't I wasn't seeing the same runner that we saw uh, last season. So I don't know. I mean, I do think that there's uh, enough production within the offense that once he comes back, he should at least be able to sustain sustain some level of fantasy relevance. But it's pretty clear that if there's not something wrong at this point, then I mean, Chase Edmonds has taken enough away from him that it's hard to see him getting back to. At least, you know, making that, uh, what was the uh, early second round pick? I just don't see him getting back there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I that I take away from Drake is that Edmonds has taken all the passing work. And that was Drake's thing, like get him out in space. And maybe you're onto something there with that, an- you know, ankle or foot or whatever it was. I don't even remember mm-hmm. now at this point. Um, whatever it was that caused him to be in that boot, you know, they clearly don't trust him to be the screen down back, the let's catch it out of the backfield, you know, the sweeps and stuff like that. So they gave all of that to Edmonds and, and that was a lot of Drake's value last year. Get him yeah. the ball in space mm-hmm. and let's let him move. And he just, he made, he made a lot of people, a lot of money last year based off of that stuff. So right, you know, it's unfortunate because I, I bought into Drake big on this year and I'm, I'm, I'm eating it into multiple leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thankfully he was another guy that I, don't own and wasn't really super high on. I mean, I liked what he did last year and and was interested if he fell to me at the right spot. But yeah, hey, AJ, real quick before be. you before you move on to the next guy, uh, I just want to announce Ridley has been uh, announced out for the rest of the game. So uh, yeah, one of my dynasty leagues is done because I'm out Hopkins on a bye week and Ridley out for yeah whatever drink. <laughs> Rough. <laughs> Rough go. Move Speaking on. of uh, <laughs> rough goes for receivers, uh, Chris Godwin, nineteen. Can't stay healthy. I, I mean, he just yeah, he's been on and off the field too much um, for for where he was taken. I mean, love the upside. I was a, a little skeptical about you know him and and Brady gelling right off the bat, but I figured both of them are very talented. They'd figure it out sooner than later. But again, he hasn't been on the field enough to do it. Uh, DeAndre, 
uh, I mean, he's number one, so he's he's killing it because of you know his chemistry with Murray. Um, and, and this is the DeAndre that we've seen before, so I'm not surprised by this too much. Um, a little surprised to see it happen this quick. Uh, but mm-hmm. again, him, him and Murray is just, it's a bread and butter combination right now. Uh, the next guy we got here is Mr. Jones, Aaron Jones. Uh, he is fifth and then he was 33rd overall. So let's talk a bit about Jones. Uh, cause I was not a believer in him coming into this, this season. He was to me one of the biggest candidates for regression, uh, mostly because of all of the touchdowns that he had last year. It was just absurd. And, uh, you know, he was he was ridiculous last year. But, you know, I feel like this year he's, he's still kind of on that pace. Uh, he's only got one game without a touchdown. Um, I mean, two if you include last week when he didn't play. So... Chris, what do you what do you think about Jones? Were you in on him this year, or were you passing on him? Oh, I was definitely in on him. I mean, especially given, uh, I mean, it all sounded great in theory uh, that you could, uh, based off of where he was being drafted at, I mean, you could start with uh, somebody like Ezekiel Elliott and then come back and get an Aaron Jones towards the back end of the mm-hmm. of the second round and then focus on wide receivers in rounds like three through six, which was like, uh, at least to me, the optimal way to uh, wind up building a team uh, for, for this season. And yeah, I mean, even if the uh, even if the touchdowns were going to regress uh, again, I did think it was a condensed enough offense that he would still see a significant number of touchdowns within his offense. Uh, regardless of, because I was never um, a massive believer that uh, even uh, that A.J. Dillon was going to wind up completely taking over that backfield, and unless they were going to <laughs> jettison uh, Jamal Williams uh, during the offseason, I didn't really see him as being a massive factor in what the in how the touch share would be divvied up between the th- between the three of them, or essentially it's just the two of them at this point because AJ, AJ Dillon has barely gotten involved in the offense at all. Yeah, even so when yeah Jones is out. <laughs> yeah, even when Jones is out. So it's more about uh, do we think that Aaron Jones would wind up being the primary ball carrier? And yes, that's that's been true, and I think everybody would would agree that that was going to be true in the offseason like is he going to be um was he going to be involved in the passing game and we talked earlier about the fact that they ha- they did not go out and sign any uh like any notable free agents they didn't draft any wide receivers in this in the, in the class so really i mean unless you predicted that Robert Tunyon and Jay Sternberger were going to be just these massive parts of the offense then yeah then Aaron Jones was still going to be a part of the passing game so from a uh, from a usage standpoint, Aaron Jones, at least from an ADP standpoint, fit everything that you would want, like in a running back, like in the back end of the in the back end of the second round. So re- even if the touchdowns were going to regress, um, the way that they were, the way that he was used, uh, to me, suboptimally, at least the way that the offense operated suboptimally because they were um, fairly low in terms of neutral passing rate. If that was going to, even if that improved, which it did this season, because they're, I think they're above average in neutral passing rate, I think like 59%. Uh, 
if that improves, then his outlook improves. I mean, basically everybody now becomes uh, a much higher, uh, like a much their value increases because of that. So I think it, it made sense to me, at least at that point, to just not pass on him. It's either that or if you weren't going to draft Aaron Jones, then you should definitely be drafting Jamal Williams, which I did a bit of both like throughout the offseason. Yeah, yeah. Joe, any thoughts on uh, Jones? No, uh, I mean, like I thought that Gretchen was going to come with the touchdowns. Just to summarize real quick, you know, I didn't think he would be on this pace again, but he's, he's there. I thought he would still be heavily involved. I wasn't quite sure why he was falling to the back end of the second round like he did. Um, I had him kind of a earlier. I had him up there with like the Eckler and the Sanders. I had him mixed in with those guys. Um, so I was taking him earlier than a lot of people were. So I actually have him in a couple places. Um, so I'm happy with him. But unfortunately, the injury came in. Whatever. So, yeah. All right. So moving on, we have uh, George Kittle, number two overall was drafted two overall from the tight end position. We knew that was coming. Not a surprise. Uh, Kenny Galladay is next. Uh, then we got Patty Mahomes and Allen Robinson rounding out the top 25. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I like all of those last three guys, uh, you know, and I own actually all three of them in various leagues. Um, you know, I was really big on Galladay. He missed some time uh, right off the bat there, but him and uh, him and Stafford have have kind of gotten it back together, and they they seem to be completely in sync again. Um, Robinson's been a little up and down, um, definitely down from from what we saw out of him last year. Um, I think that that's gonna get back close to where he was now that him and Foles are kind of in a little bit of a rhythm um so any uh, any closing thoughts on any of those guys or should we get into the injuries here i mean well, if you weren't no i, 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 I love george kittle i mean if you uh if there was any case because i said earlier i mean if you want to draft travis kelsey at like the 107 108 that's fine um but if you wanted to draft george kittle ahead of travis kelsey I mean, I wasn't going to argue with you, no, especially back in no. especially back in August. I mean, look at uh, their starting schedule. I mean, for the first four weeks, it was against Arizona, the Jets, Giants, and then Philadelphia, and then Miami. I mean, the first five weeks of the season, they had just objectively good matchups. And with Debo Samuel hurt, uh, Ayuk, I mean, a rookie, and I think he wound up being hurt for some of that as well. So yep. it's like their passing game was essentially just going to be George Kittle and then what Kendrick Bourne uh, so uh, I, I think that there was enough, uh, like, assuming health, the way that the 49ers had structured their passing game, it would have to run through George Kittle. Yeah, so, absolutely. I, I thought the targets were going to be there, which, I mean, when he was healthy, they were. So, I mean, it, I think drafting him was essentially a, a, a no-brainer. At the end of the first round, early second round, I thought was a no-brainer. Yeah. All right, well, moving on here real quick. Got a couple quick topics here. Just want to get your quick thoughts. Um, I had a note earlier that I wanted to say about Christian McCaffrey not being activated for this game, uh, which obviously everybody knows now if they're watching. Are we worried at all that he's not going to be activated like next week? This is going to linger a little bit. And then like even when he does return, what's your thoughts on like how involved Mike Davis is going to be? I mean, he's 
kind of slipped off pace the last couple of weeks, but I mean, Mike Davis has been awesome. I think the skill is still there. I think the, uh, the I think it was a pass that he caught in the first uh, in the first quarter uh, out of the backfield, like where you could see like the jab step juke move in order to pick up mm-hmm. another five or six yards. So I st- I definitely still think that the the skill is still there. Um, I, honestly, though, um, if I'm not mistaken, Atlanta's uh, run defense has actually not been like it's not been that bad. No, uh, uh, so I pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So like while their secondary is just like hot trash, uh, I mean, they, they still have enough enough up front that I can understand like why Mike Davis has had a couple of down weeks. But I think overall, I mean, I don't think the team could have asked for much more in in a backup, to be quite honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at I mean, Davis, the guy's still only 27. I mean, you, yeah. I feel like he's been in the league for 18 years. Not a years. lot of tread on the tires, to be honest. He, he does. He does. I mean, he's he's kind of been around, uh, you know, he's a, a bit of a village bicycle when it comes to veteran running backs, but he's still young and he's <laughs> he's a bruiser. I mean, he's just, he's not a big dude, like height-wise. He's only 5'9", but, you know, he just packs a punch and he just, he just, goes after it so i mean i I like that he's got this opportunity obviously not at the hands of cmc being injured because i own him but um i i i'm not overly surprised to see what he's been doing so i I, I do like that uh and then the next topic here chris alluded to this earlier want to get a little bit more in depth on the cowboys here and obviously we know you know Dak went down. That's a huge loss. His offensive line is struggling and injured as well. Zach Martin's supposed to come back this week, so that's going to be a big, 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 big help for this team. But, I mean, they could possibly be playing, what, Ben DiNucci, if I'm getting the name right? Uh, Yep. I mean, I I guess hopefully they get Andy Dalton back, but I'm not really sure that that's something they're wishing for right now because he's been playing, as you like to say, hot trash. Uh, (laughs) So what do we do with these guys? I mean, Lane was like a goose egg last week, basically. Like Gallup was Mm -hmm. nothing. Cooper was okay. Zeke got like four points. It's been bad. Um, What do you do with these guys? We're just holding them, hoping they bounce back, and then maybe they had like one big game sell. Or like, what's your thoughts? Uh, Like, I mean, the same the same thing with uh, with Zeke. I mean, if you're selling them, you're selling them at at bottom dollar, and you have to like you have to make that choice. If that's something that you just you want to get out from under them, then okay. Uh, But otherwise, I mean, yeah, those are guys that you would have to shift to your bench. Hopefully, you're able to pick up. Uh, so like for Zeke, you were able to pick up Jamal Williams, Gio Bernard, Boston Scott to kind of, you know, get you through some of these weeks as they figure stuff out and then, yeah, yeah, to bridge that gap. And then for wide receivers, I mean, typically there's enough out there on the waiver wire on a weekly basis, unless you're in a fairly deep league that you, you should be able to maybe catch lightning in a bottle, like on a week to week basis. So the guys like Scotty Miller, Jalen Guyton, Travis Fulgham, I mean, there, there's enough of the. I mean, Jalen Rager, who's coming back from injury. I mean, there, there's enough wide receivers and tight ends uh, um, out there that you should be able to get by, at least at the wide receiver tight end position where running back, obviously, that's that's much difficult. But yeah. now, at least looking at the Dallas offense as, as a whole, 
now they've become a much more condensed offense because we've seen where those targets are going. I mean, essentially, I mean, it's one of the, the pie has shrunk to, I think, less than, uh, I mean, le- I mean, less than like 300 yards of offense, total offense, like in the last two weeks. And really, that's only gone to just a couple of people. It's been Amari Cooper and it's been uh, it's been Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, that's about it. At, well, Zeke mm-hmm. when he's not fumbling the ball away, <laughs> and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So Ooh, it's been bad. It's it's hard to it's hard to sell those guys because again, like we talked earlier, what are you getting in return? And so unless you're happy with yeah. getting uh, David, David Johnson, Johnson in return, <laughs> yeah, unless you're happy getting somebody like that in return, then sure. But I, I wouldn't be happy getting that. I'd rather ride it out uh, with any of the guys that I can pick up off the waiver wire if I happen to have structured my team correctly or gotten uh, or, or worked the waiver wire weeks in advance correctly, such that I could you know be able to weather that storm. But otherwise, no, I'm not. I'm not trying to sell or at least uh, you know trade away any of those guys at this point. Uh, I agree with you there, AJ. Anything to add, or we to move on to injuries? No, let's rip through some injuries here. All right, so I'm sorry, Harry. You pick up the receivers, buddy. Uh, all right, so guys, we know are out. OBJ, obviously done for the year. Real quick, Chris, like, what do you think about this helping Baker out? I, I, I kind of wonder, like, how how much the OBJ stress gets to him sometimes. I don't know. I mean, when you have playmakers on your team like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, I mean, you can tell that they're they're guys that want to contribute like to their team and that's what they that's what they were at their respective positions like when they were when Jarvis was in Miami, I mean, he was the he was the focal point of that passing offense when Odell was in uh when Odell was in New York, I mean, he was the focal point of that passing offense. And not to say that either of them were winners at that point, but I mean, for the longest time, I mean, Cleveland was still struggling to win. So they wanted to contribute. So I can understand their frustration. Um, and I, mm-hmm. I mean, and obviously I think they're much better than the guys that, I mean, Richard Higgins and all that. I mean, great prospects and all. But again, I think it's more of, it's more of where it's like what, what talent Baker has to connect with those guys. And we've seen them right. have their misfires like over, over the last couple of seasons and, I mean, it's kind of all kind of manifested like over over the last uh, few weeks. Now, I'm I'm happy that they've had their success, and uh, but I don't know. It's it's hard for me to uh, I, to buy into the notion that without Odell Beckham, their 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 team is going to be better uh, because I think the team was already at least moving in a much more efficient manner because the play calling to me yeah. seemed much better. I mean, other than I mean, it's it really just came down to Baker being able to step up and uh, perform better as as a quarterback, which at times he just wasn't. It was more about can the rest of the offense make up for and the defense make up for his mistakes. And I mean, I, I think for the most part that that's true, and I think that's why they're in the position that they are. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh... We got Chris Carson, Lewis's questionable midfoot sprain, probably more on the doubtful side, honestly. Um, Carlos Hyde and Travis Homer are also banged up. So, I mean, DJ yep. down this time, maybe. He's the <laughs> we'll only see. one that practiced today. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Um, they're saying Hyde might try to tough it out, but I don't know how much I trust that. So, uh, Debo Samuel hamstring, likely uh, he's out this week. He's also likely to miss week nine. Julian Edelman out, uh, knee surgery. Um, he's going to miss multiple weeks. He's, in my opinion, almost a drop candidate at this point. Um, uh, and then Gardner Minshew, the news dropped 
today, right? This morning, right? Uh, dealing with multiple fractures and a strained ligament in his right thumb. I mean, this might explain a lot, guys. Um, his availability, you know, I don't buy this week, but his availability after the buy is seriously in question. So you got to keep an eye on that yeah. if you were banking on Garner Minshew. Hopefully you weren't because uh, he's been pretty poor the last few weeks. Um, quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, questionable with a concussion, did not practice today. Uh, running backs, we got Mark Ingram, questionable knee, did not practice. Joe Mixon, questionable with that foot, did not practice. Philip Lindsay, questionable concussion, did not practice. We got Josh Jacobs, questionable knee. He was limited. I think he'll probably be good to go, but, you know, we've already talked about him. Dalvin Cook, questionable with a groin, likely on a pitch count because he's probable to play. He's pretty much what they're saying because they can't do probables anymore but sounds like he's gonna be back but if he is he's on a pitch count so i think i'm starting him aj you agree with there like you're starting cook if he's in the lineup right i mean he's, he's that good yeah i think you have to at this point um yeah. i mean there's just so many other injuries around it that it's it's unlikely that you have that much better talent on your team than Probably not what, than what he can provide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all right. So Damian Harris, questionable ankle, limited today. Sanders, questionable knee, did not practice. I, I, my gut is that he's more on the doubtful side, so um, I don't think we're getting Sanders this week. Jeff Wilson got put on the IR with that high ankle sprain. We obviously know Mostert is out. We know Coleman's out. Chris, I gotta ask you: If you had to pick one of these guys, Hasty or McKinnon? Uh, probably um, McKinnon, to be quite honest. Um, like while I, I do think that um, Hasty will probably get some of the uh, some of the earlier down work, um, I do think that McKinnon is going to be essentially the one that's going to be used in the pass catching, hurry up, uh, hurry up type offense. So at least from a PPR standpoint, since we've already seen it happen. Uh, I do think that McKinnon's going to get the usage that we would want, uh, like while everybody is more or less uh, like rushing, if they haven't already. I mean, like Hasty was the one that everybody was like yeah. rushing to pick up this week. I've yeah. got both and the it's, one uh, team, and I'm flipping a coin. I say that. <laughs> I say that it's going to be Kyle Juszczyk getting three touchdowns. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably. That, that's probably what's yeah, going mean, to happen because uh, yeah, I, I mean because it's been like forgotten the last couple of weeks. It feels like it's like what 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 the hell is happening. Like, but yeah, I never would have thought Jeff Wilson would pass Jerry McKinnon in depth chart, but he did. So he did, yeah, and I had right, him again multiple teams and dropped him in fishbowl. Was like, I don't, I don't need this guy. He's not doing me any favors. Picked <laughs> up uh, Gabriel Davis. Didn't even start him in his two points or whatever it was, and lost my uh, matchup. He had a t- he had a touchdown called back to Gabriel Davis. Did that was yeah. so rough. So, so rough. Even still, it, it wouldn't have mattered because I needed Wilson to play over mm. James White. Yeah. Anyway, uh, enough of my misery of Scott Fishbowl. John Brown, questionable with a knee. He did practice today. Yep. Um, Two full practices. Allen Robinson is uh, questionable with concussion. He did not practice. Uh, keep an eye on him, obviously, as the, the games get closer on Sunday. Um, AJ Green questionable. He was limited, but doesn't appear to be injury related. 
Uh, Jarvis Landry, who we were just talking about with OBJ, he is questionable with hip and ribs. He was limited again. Um, my guess is he's going to suit up tough, uh, you know, and tough it out. Tim Patrick, questionable with a hamstring, did not practice. Uh, we've got Brian Edwards, questionable foot and ankle. Seems to be like a weekly thing for, for this guy as well, um, but he was limited. Devontae Parker is questionable with a groin. He was limited. Uh, Nikhil Harry is questionable with a concussion. Uh, Michael Thomas, questionable ankle, hamstring. Uh, he did return to practice today, though. Um, James Crowder, questionable with a groin. He was limited. And we've got uh, Rager with the thumb. Uh, it sounds like he will play, but not sure exactly how much yet. So how much is this going to hurt Fulgham's value, though, if he suits up? I don't think it's going to be uh, I don't think it's going to hurt him a ton uh, because I still think that there's room for like I think both of them to wind up playing like both on the outside uh, because it, uh, Travis Fulgham like he he played primarily I think he played play primarily as the X but then also switched into the slot I forget um, what is uh, what his slot rate was over the past couple of weeks uh, but it's not like they're uh, they have a ton of receivers to actually choose from. I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like they're relying on um, like Ortega Whiteside or anybody like that. And they still are waiting on Dallas Goddard to return. So even mm-hmm. if Jalen Rager plays, I think there's still plenty of work for uh, work for both of them to succeed in that offense. And of course, they're playing the Giants, so I think they'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got uh, Alshon questionable with uh, calf, and then we've got Juju questionable with a knee injury. He did not practice. Uh, And then his teammate, Deontay Johnson, also questionable and did not practice with a toe injury. Uh, Moving on to finish it out here with the tight ends. Noah Fant was questionable with an ankle injury. He was limited. Uh, Robert Tanyan uh, also questionable with an ankle and knee injury. Uh, limited and Tyler Higby is questionable hand did not practice. I thought I might've seen that he will not play, but I could be wrong on that. So we'll just leave it at what it's at. Um, <laughs> you might be right. I don't know. I just, I, I, what yeah, I, see. I, I, I thought I saw his name come up on uh, fantasy life a little few hours ago. Uh, nope. Just says he was limited participant in Thursday's yeah. practice. Okay. All right, Chris, let's finish up this show week eight picks. So we're going to do some sleepers and busts for the quarterbacks, running backs and receivers. Uh, we'll start off here with quarterbacks. You'll go first. AJ will go second. I'll go third. Um, you know, make your pick, give you a quick reason why. And we'll, we'll move through this uh, sleepers. Any quarterback outside of the top 15 of the fantasy pros ECR. Uh, so one of the guys that I actually, um, that I wrote up this week, I'm actually, we talked a little bit about earlier. Um, Baker Mayfield, I think, is in a pretty decent spot. Uh, but the guy that's going uh, opposite him, like Derek Carr, I think is, uh, you know, he's a boring pick because a lot of people just typically don't yeah. like starting Derek Carr. Uh, but, I mean, if we look at their <laughs> offense over the past uh, past few weeks, I mean, they legitimately uh-huh. beat Kansas City. 
uh, I mean, what was that 42, 42, 36, 42, 38, like something like that. Um, I mean, deep ball passing rate, uh, deep ball passing rate is up uh, this season. I believe crazy. they're That's not his game. Right. I mean, it, was, it, and, wasn't. It, it, and it hasn't been just to I mean, and not it's, it's not just because of Henry Ruggs. I mean, it's been it's been Nelson Aguilar, too. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, alligator so, I mean, hands Aguilar. Yeah, right? I I I got I I got to call out the guy who did the uh the touches in in Tucker this week for the site. He talked about Aguilar and like the stats that he put in there. I was like, I didn't even realize it. I was like, holy crap. So it's it was amazing. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Aguilar's looking good and yeah, I agree with the car thing. So um AJ, who you got? Uh well, I will go with the other guy you mentioned there, uh Baker. Um, I mean, he's coming off a huge game, and obviously we've already talked about OBJ being gone, but still got plenty of options there with Landry, you got Harrison Bryant stepping up, you still got Hunt, uh, you got David Njoku. Um, I I mean, I I just think that this is going to be a a good game for him again. Hopefully it's not a massive letdown game uh, because of the huge game he just had, Uh, but I I think he's a solid option. Yeah, mine's gonna be Jimmy G. I know, you know, they they're gonna not they're gonna be without Debo this week, and you know, obviously most certain that that hurts, but uh, that might just mean they have to pass a little more. Ayuk is is really rounded in form. Uh, they still got Kittle, and let's be honest, guys, the Seattle pass defense is quite possibly one of the worst ever. It is so bad. I don't understand how they're just getting gashed. So Jimmy G of all of all quarterbacks, he's ranked really low. I think he could borderline be a QB one this week. Um, I think he can move all the way up there. So uh, running back, Chris, anybody uh, outside the top stupid scroll bar uh, outside the top 24. Thank you. Uh, Let's see. Outside of the top 24. Yeah. I think the first person that probably comes to mind, at least for me, um, it might be uh, so. Devin Singletary sticks out, uh, and that's just because I mean New England's defense, like for as great as it's been, uh, like primarily. I mean, but we just saw them. I mean, completely get run over uh, by Jeff Wilson and uh, San Francisco. So while it might be something of a long shot, I mean, especially with Zach Moss back. I think either one of those running backs could have at least a decent game uh, against the Patriots. Uh, now, especially look at since like weather is kind of my thing. Um, that game is expected to have, I think, 20 to 21 mile per hour winds. And it's supposed to be slightly Ooh. rainy like throughout the game as well. So if you want to lean on, uh, you know, the old narratives of needing to uh, they probably run the ball uh, a bit more. I do think it's possible at the very least for him to bang in a couple of touchdowns to have a decent game. All right. I like it. Uh, I'm going to stick with that game there. Um, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball, though, and I'm going to go with James White. Um, I mean, he was completely non-existent last week. Uh, like I said, I, I think he got me 0.8 points in uh, Scott Fish. So right. thanks for that. Offense was not um, last week. Yeah, they. I mean, they were just horrendous. Um, Cam had but, negative uh, points in a standard league. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know that. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, I just I just can't see white disappearing completely again. 
Uh, I mean, he, he's a talented back. He knows this offense, you know, too well for him to just be gone like that. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, we just got the call from Jeff that PJ Walker is now in the game and for Carolina and almost bombed himself a touchdown. <laughs> oh, close, close. Um. All right. Uh, so what you got, Joe? Uh, mine's going to be Malcolm Brown. You know, Akers being completely ruled out of this offense, it seems like, you know, it's, it's letting this one-two punch roll free. So I, I'm liking Malcolm Brown, even if he's the RB2 in this offense, it's still capable of putting up pretty good numbers. Uh, so I like him being able to finish as a, as a true RB2. Uh, receiver, Chris, anybody outside of the top 36? Go. Outside of the top 36? Well, I mean, well, we already talked about Gabriel Davies earlier, so I can't really um, mention him. Uh, I would say that um, Marcus Calloway uh, for the Saints, like even with uh, Michael Thomas coming back, uh, he was able to show out like quite well this past week, and we don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is going to be uh, activated off of the reserve COVID list. So like while I know that we've been all hoping that Traquan Smith would actually become a thing, uh, it's not seeming like that's going to be the case. So with his uh, decent target share uh, back in week seven, I think that Marcus Calloway like might be somebody that uh, if you you know stashed him last week, uh, he'd at least be somebody that you can keep this week. I mean, despite the fact that uh, they're playing against Chicago, who I'm pretty sure has only allowed one 100 yard receiving game so far this season. Yeah, Chicago's tough, dude. Yeah. All right, uh, AJ. All right, receiver. Uh, I'm going with Marquez Valdez Scantling. Uh, look, he had his best game of the season in Week One uh, against uh, Minnesota. So I think he goes off again this week. Uh, you know, Devontae is obviously going to get his. He's coming off a monster, monster week, probably because we gave his jersey away. Uh, congrats <laughs> again to our winner, Dave. Uh, I uh, hope you received it by now. I have not checked the tracking. Um, so uh, you were supposed to get it yesterday. Um, thanks again for listening. But yeah, Valdez Scantling, huge game against them in week one. I, I think he uh, he comes back from going uh, going over on four targets last week. All right, my going to be uh, Higgins, no OBJ. You know, Baker's able to spread the ball around a little more, and and so I, I like Higgins' chances to be able to uh, to make some noise here. I mean, I think we all know that this guy's talented. He just needs the opportunity. Uh, all right, quarterback bust. Anybody inside the top 12, Chris? Uh, I would say easily Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> Oh, yep. I mean, that, and I'm not, and I'm not a Josh Allen hater. Um, not not at all. I mean, I I was definitely a Oh yeah, I know. I've already already had it out with him. Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, I get it. Uh, I mean, coming into this season, I was definitely proved wrong in terms of what he what he's capable of doing. But uh, especially with not just the not just the rushing, that has actually hasn't been like a huge part of the game. He's actually been a fairly efficient passer. Uh, but for the past uh, past couple of weeks, I mean, he's down to like I think he's passed at like minus six and a half percent completion percentage over expected. 
uh, down to minus 0.1 EPA per play. Uh, I think a lot of his like efficiency metrics that we saw, which were like almost the complete reverse. I mean, I think he was at yeah. uh, either the f- third or fourth uh, highest uh, efficient quarterback in the league through the first first month of the season. I mean, all of that. I mean, because he was in the um, he was in the MVP conversation uh, yes. for the first month, but we just haven't seen it. And so, I mean, now this weekend going against New England, I'm not sold on him being like the best bet for quarterback one performance. Uh, so if there's anybody that I could see just falling out of that, you know, uh, top 12 uh, QB range like this week, it'd probably be him. Oh, that was mine. So um, and you just said pretty much everything I was going to say. So, um, AJ. All right. I will uh, finish the QBs out then with uh, Mr. Lamar Jackson. Look, this is always, Ooh. always a tough matchup in general. It's just a drag down smackdown you know high school rivalry type game every time it's always fairly not always fairly low scoring but most of the time it's fairly low scoring it's decided by a field goal or less um i mean it's just it's going to be a crazy game game for first place uh and you actually have both of these coaches that I just saw earlier making history as the first tandem to face off against each other uh, for 25 times in the Super Bowl era. Uh, that's John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin. So kudos to them for getting that record. Uh, and this is only the first matchup of the season, but big game, a uh, lot on the line. Uh, I just not loving Lamar this week. Hey, Chris. A running back inside the top 20 for your bust. Running back inside the top 20? I mean, can is Ezekiel Elliott okay? Can we, should we not? Dude, you just took mine again. That's fine. Go ahead. We'll can we time. not do that? <laughs> I, I, I mean, that's, that's an easy good. one, though, right? It I would is, say that's what I did last week. So, <laughs> I mean, if hey. there's, there's going to be another one, though, I would say maybe uh, the case for, um, CEH falling out of you know CEH falling out because of the Le'Veon Bell touch share not getting his uh, if he doesn't get a touchdown I can see him not getting there on just yardage Uh, I don't always subscribe to the revenge game narrative but I mean it is Le'Veon Bell playing against his former team so if I can I can at least I at least have to give myself some leeway to the idea that if they're up quite a bit like by the third quarter or whatever which is likely they just let Le'Veon Bell you know exact whatever revenge that he wants on that team for you know the rest of the game I can see that being a possible thing that happens in that game so for where he's ranked right now I could see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire kind of falling out of uh you know just based off of who they're playing this weekend yeah, no, nah, that was my, that was my second one, but that's fine. Uh, AJ, what you got? <laughs> All right, so speaking of revenge games, it looks like Pittsburgh will not be playing Kansas City unless they make it to uh, face off in the playoffs, which would likely be in the AFC Championship game. So we'll buy into that narrative later for the playoffs for Bell. But right now, I am going with uh, Gaskins. I mean, I just don't love this matchup against L.A. and Aaron Donald. I mean, it's just not a good 
good setup for him. Um, plus, you got Tua making his first start. I just think L.A. is going to be through the offensive line of Miami on every play. So Gaskins yeah. is just not going to have a lot of room to work with, unfortunately. Um, I, I mean, he's been good. He's he's like a very, uh, very nice surprise waiver wire pickup from this year, but just don't like him this week. So, mm-hmm. Joe, you have anybody? Right. Or are we moving to week receiver? I mean, mine was Zeke. I mean, it's it, like I said, it's the most obvious pick as Chris said I mean the situation is just terrible the offensive line is atrocious it's Zach Martin coming back I'm not sure it's going to matter so Chris <laughs> any receivers inside the top 24 um, receivers inside the top 24 I mean Devontae no I'm not going to say Devontae Adams no, no. Um, I, can't, I can't do that I can't do that um, I would say though with the way that uh, their offense has fluctuated on a week to week basis after it's 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 not there's no like you know analytical process to this at all. But after Tyler Lockett went off last week, is is, yeah, is yeah. this going to be DK Metcalf's week? <laughs> I mean, is uh, it? I mean, are they I just going to flip flop? No. Nope. Uh, I mean, that's that's the only thing that I, I wonder about. I mean, I can still project both of them for a similar target share. It's just going to be that. With as uh, with the deep ball efficiency from Russell Wilson, instead of it being the deep shot to Tyler Lockett, it'll just be the deep shot to DK Metcalf, and then we're just kind of left because I mean, that's because really the volume isn't always going to be there to sustain both of them on like a week to week basis. Although just without them, the running game this week, maybe it will be. It's possible. It's definitely possible. Right. They so might not have anything else to go on. We don't know yeah. what DJ Dallas really is. So, AJ, that was yours. That, that was but, mine. Uh, so, uh, I'm just going to gonna go ahead and say that it's uh, David Moore season. There we go. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Uh, mine's going to be Adam Thielen. And uh, just two words Jair Alexander. Good luck, mm. bro. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, I was on the fence about Thielen. I was thinking of picking him, and then I saw you had him, but. I mean, he put up a, yeah, he put up 110 right. on Green Bay uh, week one, so I don't know if I see that happening. They were down like three touchdowns. That, that, that was uh, yeah, yeah. Probably. So, all right, um, tight ends to stream, Chris. Anybody? We use the Yahoo ownership percentages for everybody's listening. Anybody owned 50 percent or less? 50 percent or less. It's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah, I know that is that is digging deep. <laughs> I might have to go. I, I've been increasing it slowly over the. I mean, Dick Rod for sure. Um, yeah, could I? Fine. That's fine. I mean, could I interest you guys in Drew Sample? I mean, I, I tried that I once or twice this year. I'll tell you how that worked out. Amazing. All right, I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll read mine and then I will I will state who my my second runner up was. Um, Ebron is mine. Uh, I know I talked about Lamar being down. This being a mm-hmm. you know the type of game that it is though, you know, and Baltimore is going to be focusing on these receivers. You know they they've got a, a decent enough secondary that I think they're just going to stay on receivers. And, uh, you know, they have great linebackers, too. So I'm sure they'll be 
plenty good cover in the middle of the field, but I'm calling Ebron for uh, five catches, 61 yards, and uh, and a score. I mean, he's been good in the last in four of his last five games. You know, between forty, forty three, and then like fifty two yards or something like that. So, I mean, he's he's getting his share. Uh, he only has one score, but I think he gets in the end zone again this week. Uh, my my second place was going to be uh, Anthony Fursker or whatever the hell his name is yeah, for Tennessee. Hurt Daddy. Yes. Jonathan's going to play. Move on. All right. Rich Rod was mine. I guess Dick Rod. That's what we're calling him. Uh, <laughs> it's, no Ertz. Yeah, no, Dick Rod. I know. I, uh, no Ertz. No Goddard. Going against the Cowboys. Fired up, guys. So defense. Chris, anybody 50% or less owned in Yahoo? Uh, defenses for this week. I mean, if you're going to try and pick up a, pick up a streaming defense, um, Titans aren't too terrible. I mean, just given the uh, the sacks and fumbles that Cincinnati's yeah. given up over the past few weeks, um, they're not the best at generating pressure. I want to say they're average, uh, slightly above average. Um, secondary's not great, but at least, I mean... Joe Burrow, for as many dropbacks, I think he's like uh, second or third dropbacks in the league. Uh, I mean, there's at least a chance for them to pick up at least a couple of sacks, and then some turnovers might come their way. So it's worth a shot, at least. Yeah. Uh, AJ, you got one? Yeah. Uh, I was. I did like Tennessee. Um, I, I had that queued up and then forgot to just actually type it. But uh, I'm going to go with Cleveland. Um yeah, they got torched last week by Cincy. Um, it's possible that, you know, we, we've already talked about their car, you know, torching again, boring, but could put some numbers up on them. Um, but yeah. I, I think, I think Cleveland streaming defenses, you don't always care about the points against, you care about sacks and turnovers. So it could exactly. work. Exactly. And, and so. Derek Carr is not as mobile as he once was. And out of the, the two games that Cleveland's had at home, you know, well, two good scoring games defensive wise against uh, Washington and Indy. You know, the third game was against Cincy. So, yeah, I, I like Cleveland. All right. Real quick before I do mine, uh, Jack Goff on YouTube asks us Flux option, John Brown, Renfro, Aguilar, uh, Joshua Smith, <laughs> or Adrian Peterson? Chris, who you got? Sorry. Uh, I'd probably say John Brown out of out of all of that, to be quite honest. Yeah, if he's if he plays, right, he's a play at the right, so he should be good. Mm-hmm. So, AJ, uh, who was it? Jack, John Ar- Brown, Renfro, Aguilar, Joshua Smith. I don't. I think that's supposed to be Johnny Smith. I'm guessing. I don't know. Or Adrian Peterson. I don't know who Joshua Smith. Anybody know who Josh Smith is? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, maybe Jeff Smith. From the Jets, that's a pass. It's not happening. I mean, I One of the other Renfro, actually. Andy. I think he. Could... I'm going John Brown. I think yeah. John Brown's the guy, even though I'm not loving that. We're all kind of down on Allen, but not down enough where the receivers are going to suffer. I think so. Mm-hmm. All right, my uh, my defense and things here is is Green Bay. I mean, look, this game was a huge shootout last time, but it ended up not. It wasn't really a shootout. It ended up being. Green Bay got up huge, played prevent the rest of the game, and then Kirk went off in the second half. So it was weird. Uh, so uh, I, I think Kirk is susceptible as ex-Washington fan, whatever you want to call him. Uh, 
Uh, mm-hmm. He's sacks and turnovers, and he's still doing the same thing he did here in Minnesota, or he's doing in Minnesota. So I think Green Bay can just eat them up and, and learn from their mistakes from the first game and, and, and take this one over. So, all right, Chris, that's all we've got for the show. Uh, want to give you the chance to kind of sign out and let everybody know where they can find your work and, and find you on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris Allen FFWX. Uh, my work is over at, you can find me at four for four number fire uh, football guys uh, and Roto world uh, throughout the week. So you'll see me like posting my columns as they, as they get published, I'll have another uh, column out for number uh, on number fire and Roto world tomorrow morning. Uh, cool. One being the weather report, because we've got like five or six games that should have just like some pretty bad uh, playing conditions uh, on Sunday and into, I think, Monday Monday night's game as well, maybe. Uh, but either way, um, if uh, so check those out. And uh, if you have any questions, just come hit me up on Twitter. Awesome, man. Appreciate you coming back on and uh, always a pleasure Anytime. chatting with you. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, great information. Uh, guys, I know it was a longer show, but uh, you know, Chris gets Chris drops the knowledge, man. Uh, so it's all worth it. So, all right, that's all I've got. Uh, good luck to everybody in week eight. Hit us up on Twitter and uh, catch you all next week.